Jesus' baptism in the Jordan reveals two central truths of Christianity, one of which we think about a lot and the other of which we hardly ever think about. The one thing we think about a lot is the fact that Christ is the promised Savior, the Messiah. He is the one described by Isaiah in the first reading, the one God sent to take away the sins of the world and inaugurate a new everlasting kingdom of justice and love. His baptism makes this evident by the descent of the Holy Spirit and God's voice ringing out from the heavens. The other truth of Christianity that we think about less often is that of the Blessed Trinity. We always pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, a renewal of, uh, under which we are baptized. We profess our belief every Sunday when we pray the creed. We pray in the true God who is one and three, one in divine nature and three in persons. The Father is fully God. The Son is fully God existing before his incarnation and the Holy Spirit is fully God. All three are eternal, uncreated, and divine. Separate persons, but one God. We do not believe in three gods, but only one. And yet, that one God is three divine persons. All three show up at Jesus' baptism. The Son is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus like a dove from heaven. And the Father is the voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son. The reason perhaps we don't think too much about the Trinity is because it is really hard for us to understand. Still, now and then, we should think about it. After all, God revealed it for a reason. Believing and educated Muslims are scandalized by this Christian doctrine of the Trinity. They think of it as polytheism, but it's not. God is one and God is three. Three persons, one divine nature. It's hard for us to understand indeed, which only makes sense. After all, we're talking about the very nature of God himself. Trying to understand God fully is like an infant trying to understand uh, nuclear physics or a monkey trying to play Mozart's violin concerto number three. In fact, the very existence of this Christian concept is an indication of its truth. No human mind could have invented such a concept. Only God could have revealed it. Uh, there's a, a popular story about St. Augustine, the great North African bishop from the fourth century. One day he was walking along the beach contemplating this very mystery of the Trinity. He was frustrated because he could not understand it. As he walked, he passed by a little boy who had dug a hole in the sand. The boy had a little clay cup and he was walking back and forth between the ocean and the hole in the sand. He would fill the cup up with water, then go back to the hole and pour the water in. After watching him do this about a dozen times, Augustine asked the boy, child, what are you doing? To which the boy replied, I'm putting the ocean into this hole in the sand. 
Laughing, Augustine says, my child, it is a foolish task. The ocean will never fit inside that hole. And the boy replied, neither will the blessed Trinity be contained by your small human mind. It was indeed a lesson in humility. If our idea of God did fit into our small human mind, that wouldn't be much of God, would it? Still, it's good for us to contemplate this great, wonderful mystery of the Trinity, to think about it profoundly and at length, to meditate on the mystery. First of all, because it is true. God revealed it so we can know him better. Towards the end of his life, St. Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuits, used to contemplate the Trinity every day. Just the thought of it would throw him into spiritual ecstasy. It was all the nourishment his soul needed. But we should also think about this great mystery of the Trinity because it has a direct impact on how we should live. It is only because human nature is created in the image of the Trinity that we can speak of human dignity. Human dignity comes from the fact that human nature is an image of divine nature. It comes from the fact that God loved us so much that he created us in his image. Then when original sin mangled that image, Jesus came to restore it. The concept of human dignity, that every human person has equal rights and deserves respect, decent opportunity and fair treatment for the simple fact that they are a human person. This concept of human dignity only developed in Christian culture. Only Christianity sees God as personal, interpersonal, and substantial love, and understands man as created in that image. This is why St. Peter, in our second reading, can summarize Jesus' life by saying that he went about doing good. Jesus was the incarnation of God's mercy. He came to restore and reveal human dignity, and he is still with us through his church, going about doing good, as Holy Communion will remind us so eloquently. So as we conclude the Christmas season in this great feast of our Lord's baptism, let us thank him for creating us in his image and letting, let us ask him to teach us how to be worthy of that image, how to spend our lives going about doing good. The very baptismal promises uh, we make, the baptismal promises made for us by our parents, never ever settling for anything less than the spiritual and moral greatness the grace of God makes possible in our life. You will fail, we all do, but that's no reason to lower the bar of expectation. Get up, dust yourself off, seek forgiveness and reconciliation, and then keep trying. Don't ever settle for being less than the noble human being, the leader and exemplar you can be. Be who you receive at communion. <laughs>